Hi, I'm Tamar Rodney, and you're listening to On The Pulse, a podcast from the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into the experiences of frontline providers and researchers. We explore their insights and invaluable stories of how healthcare works in today's world. September 15th starts Hispanic Heritage Month, and it's an opportunity to promote the history, culture, and diversity of the Hispanic Americans. It's also time for us to talk about the health of this community. So today, we have two guests on the show to help us look at that, and specifically to discuss brain health of the Latinx population. Joining us is Melissa Decardi Hladek, assistant professor here at the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing, who is a researcher clinician studying how stress, self-efficacy, resilience, and sociocultural factors influence the biology of aging and chronic diseases. She's also president-elect of the National Association for Hispanic Nurses, the DC chapter, and advisor for the Latinx Health Advisory Group at the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. Also joining us is Jason Resendez, Executive Director of the Us Against Alzheimer's Center for Brain Health Equity and the head of the Latinas Against Alzheimer's Coalition. Jason has helped establish the Us Against Alzheimer's as a hub for driving brain health equity through public health strategies, community-anchored research collaborations, and patient advocacy. In 2020, Resendez was recognized as one of America's top 20 influencers in aging by PBS Next Avenue. Thank you both for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Wonderful. So, Melissa, can you start us off by telling us some of what we know about brain health and Alzheimer's disease among the Latinx population? Sure, I'd be happy to. So, I think Just to put this in context, Latinos are the fastest growing group of older adults in America. So this is a very large group of the population. And at the same time, Latinos are 1.5 times more likely than non-Hispanic whites to develop Alzheimer's. That is a very large disparity. And so this is a very important issue that we need to talk about. And I think we can get into the reasons why, but I think a lot of it is because of the disconnect. We think of brain health as very separate from cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular health. And we know that the Latinx population also has higher rates of high blood pressure and heart disease, diabetes, and stroke. So I think that those are some of the facts of the matter and some of what makes this such an important topic. And we're so happy that Jason can be here too to fill us in more. So Jason, um, can you tell me why do you think um, it affects these populations more? Yeah, well, we know uh, that we are, as a community, increasingly in the age category most at risk for Alzheimer's and related dementia. So the number one risk factor for Alzheimer's and related dementias is advanced age. Uh, So that's a key factor. So the demographics uh, that are shifting in this country, we predict that by uh, 2030, nearly 40% of all Americans living with Alzheimer's or related dementia will be Black or Latino American. Uh, And a big part of that is the demographic shift. You know, there are other factors at play as well, including increased risk for uh, comorbid factors like hypertension, diabetes, 
um, cardiovascular issues that also contribute to an increased risk uh, for brain health issues like Alzheimer's in later life. I think what is the most fascinating is that we're learning more and more every year that social determinant issues are also shaping uh, risk for dementia in later life. So we've known this in other areas like diabetes, for example, that social determinants of health greatly influence one's risk for developing diabetes. I mean, think about access to exercise opportunities, access to nutritious foods, all shape uh, those health issues. We're finding out that's the same for cognitive health as well uh, in later life. Uh, so we're really championing an approach that looks at brain health across the lifespan because these issues are so interconnected. And while we can't say that there are social determinants that cause Alzheimer's, we know that they greatly influence and shape uh, that risk. In fact, there's some amazing research uh, coming out of places like the University of Wisconsin, for example, looking at community level disadvantage and risk for Alzheimer's pathology. Uh, and we also know through our research uh, that with partners like the Urban Institute that those counties that are the most impacted by Alzheimer's among Blacks and Latinos are also counties that experience worse social determinants of health. So these counties have uh, higher rates of uninsurance. They have lower median household incomes. They have uh, higher rates of uh, air pollution. These are the realities on the ground that we need to think about as we develop intervention. Thank you for that, Jason, helping put things in um, perspectives here. And I wanted to dive a little bit deeper um, about your organization. Can you tell me a little bit more what you do, specific with the Us Against Alzheimer's organization, and why does a center like this exist in the first place? Sure. So Us Against Alzheimer's is a uh, caregiver-founded, patient-centered advocacy and social impact-based organization uh, that is doing everything it can to change the system uh, to address the impact of Alzheimer's on communities, particularly communities of color. And that's why our Us Against Alzheimer's Center for Brain Health Equity exists, because we know that Black Americans are two times more likely to develop Alzheimer's, Latinos one and a half times more likely, women uh, at increased risk, not only in terms of developing the disease, but also in terms of being caregivers. So when you put that all together, Black and Latina women are in, in the crosshairs of this disease. And so we need to think about martial programming and strategies and resources uh, that are rooted in an equity-based approach uh, that are taking these disparities into consideration and prioritizing addressing them. And so that's what we do through our Center for Brain Health Equity, which is supported by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Healthy Brain Initiative, which is focused on enhancing and building our national public health response to Alzheimer's. I say the other reason why we exist is uh, we need to increase awareness of Alzheimer's and brain health in underserved and underrepresented communities. So uh, we're doing that through partnerships with organizations like the National Hispanic uh, Association of Nurses, uh, with the National Black uh, Nursing Association, uh, and community-based organizations like the Balman Gilead working across the country uh, to 
cultivate messengers and ambassadors and trusted sources of information to get uh, the facts about what Alzheimer's is, what it isn't, and the opportunity to act uh, and take control of one's brain health to possibly reduce your risk of Alzheimer's in later life. You know, Jason, it's so funny that you mentioned that, you know, and it's such an exciting and inspiring, um, you know, work that you're doing. And because, you know, we just installed a new dean here at the School of Nursing, uh, Dr. Sarah Zanton, who's championed a lot of programs that are probably very much aligned with the same uh, philosophies of us against Alzheimer's. And, you know, one of the things she said in her acceptance speech that is very near and dear to my heart too, is that nurses know context. We know context, we know contextual richness that always hugs a patient in whatever diagnoses they have. And I think that it's so true. And I think as a school of nursing, we aspire to be leaders in the world of social determinants of health and inequities and structural racism and things of that nature in order to lead nursing in a way that can um, create better health for groups that have been traditionally marginalized in this country. And even from, from my work in, um, in DC, especially with um, mostly Central and South American immigrant populations, you know, I see this over and over again, where the context by which someone lives drastically and completely affects their health and well-being. And so I really appreciate what you were saying about that and I'm thrilled that Us Against Alzheimer's is, is doing this work. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I love that quote, nurses know context. I mean, when we launched our center and announced our focus on and strategic partnerships with NON and MBNA, that was a question I got over and over again from researchers in the community, uh, from uh, industry experts, you know, why nurses? Oh, why are you working with nurses? And that is the perfect reason why, right? Nurses know context. We know that nurses are the most trusted health messenger when you look at health professionals. Uh, we know that nurses are more likely to live in the communities that they serve to work in community health center settings, for example. And so they're on the front lines of so many of these social inequities and these health disparities. Uh, yet we know from reviewing literature and in working with focus groups of Black and Latino nurses that their awareness of Alzheimer's and particularly the latest and greatest research around risk reduction, for example, and the fact that what's good for your heart is good for your brain, those messages aren't necessarily reaching it from laboratories, from journal articles and into the hands and, and brains of these frontline health providers. And so we think that it's absolutely critical to invest in nurses because they're leaders in communities. Gosh, this is so exciting, and this is one of the reasons that this partnership is so valuable. But if I could just step back a little bit, how did this even come to be? How did your center and the School of Nursing um, decided to collaborate? Yeah, so we have been longtime partners of the National Association of Hispanic Nurses uh, through the leadership of Dr. Adriana Perez, who is one of the folks who've gone from nursing into the research setting and bringing community with them and bringing 
uh, research into communities and vice versa. So she's been amazing at shepherding relationships um, and connections uh, to improve brain health equity. Uh, and so it's through that partnership that we were connected with Dr. Haldek through uh, a focus on better understanding uh, what the current knowledge levels are among uh, Black and Latino nurses. When we were thinking about how to structure our focus groups for uh, Latino providers, uh, we were engaged with Dr. Perez and she recommended that we engage with Dr. Haldek because of the amazing work that she's been doing. And so uh, that was that just the, the world of brain health, it, particularly brain health equity is extremely small. <laughs> and so, and their people are very dedicated and always looking to drive these connections. And so that's how we're able to, to connect. It sounds like at a start of an amazing collaboration and a strong partnership that I hope continues. And I wanted to also invite Melissa to tell me a little bit about your collaborative work that you've been doing over the summer with the Us Against Alzheimer's Disease Brain Health Equity Group. Can you share a little bit more about what you've been doing? So the, the real connection is really um, our, our love for the Latino communities and also the National Association of Hispanic Nurses. And our Latinx at Hopkins, our Latinx Health Advisory Group sometimes does participate in, um, in meetings and events with the National Association of Hispanic Nurses. So there's some overlap there between Hopkins and the non-DC chapter. So that's kind of how Jason and I met. And then he needed a moderator in order to do some work with the Us Against Alzheimer's focus group for uh, Latina identifying, Latino identifying nurses to ask about their knowledge of brain health and how what they know and what they think some of the barriers are for themselves as nurses to know more and also what are the barriers within the Latino community. And so we had a very rich and just delightful conversation. I think, Jason, you might agree with um, this really amazing group of nurses from all across the nation um, in order to explore these topics together. And then Jason's organization has since taken that work and also done some other you know, literature review work in order to get a better sense of the barriers and strengths and needs of both the nursing, the Latino nursing community, as well as the, the Latino population in general. There is so much that you're doing. There is so much to look forward to. And um, as we look forward to specifically Hispanic Heritage Month, what is the message that you would like to communicate? Yeah, I think that's a, a great question. And I think it's a message that we want to communicate every month. Uh, one is directly to, you know, my fellow Latino community, that there are things you can do to take control of your brain health. That just because we see uh, a risk of Latinos being one and a half times more likely to develop Alzheimer's, that we see a potential growth in the population uh, by uh, 2060 of 183 uh, 835%, that those numbers aren't set in stone, right? That, that demographics aren't destiny, that there are things we can do and that you can do to take control of brain health and potentially reduce your risk for Alzheimer's in later life. And it's important that folks understand and get the opportunity to take advantage uh, of, those, of that hope. 
externally to non-Latinos and to society at large. I think Hispanic Heritage Month is a great opportunity to say Alzheimer's is a health inequity and a health disparity that doesn't often get the same attention as other um, diseases that we know well uh, are these disparities. Diabetes and heart disease are, are good examples. Um, so it's an opportunity to raise awareness of the disproportionate impact of Alzheimer's on the Latino community, among policymakers, among public health stakeholders, um, among researchers, so that we can generate attention uh, and investment in addressing these inequities. I would add two things, and one is don't be afraid to get a diagnosis. A lot of the times, and I've had pushback because I have family members with dementia, it's like, well, why even get the diagnosis? Like there's nothing we can do, right? And so I think that even apart from prevention, I think once someone does have some degree of cognitive impairment, it's important to go to their provider and in order to get a diagnosis. And, and I think that the other big part of that is for the caregivers. I think that we as a Latino community need to be able to come together and support the caregivers of um, those that are caring for our loved ones with Alzheimer's disease and de other dementias. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, the importance of an early diagnosis is critical. Uh, and in order to help that, we launched a platform called mybrainguide.org that provides tailored resources to families. It has two memory questionnaires, one that an individual can take themselves and another for someone that they care about. Uh, and it walks them through uh, a series of questions and then provides them with resources and also a discussion guide to take these results and talk with a provider about what they've learned. Uh, and so it's just one way to help families navigate brain health in a confidential uh, and I think easy to follow ways so would encourage folks to check out mybrainguide.org. We had providers of color provide input in the development of the process. We're really proud that it's in English and in Spanish. And then second, supporting caregivers is absolutely critical. Anything that we can do to support caregiving, to make caregiving easier is really critical because until we have a cure for Alzheimer's, we're going to have care. And that care is complex. Uh, it is an honor in the Latino community, uh, in so many communities, but it's not easy. And so we're championing uh, caregiver programming and investments in tailored caregiving programming. And we're also championing policies like paid family and medical leave. Thank you for sharing those great resources. And what a great reminder that early diagnosis is one of the best ways that we can protect ourselves. Is there anything else you want to share about what any of us can do in terms of either improving our brain health or protecting our brain health? I guess one thing I'll say is that, you know, the it's the same secret sauce for a lot of these chronic diseases. The same preventative measures that we talk about for high blood pressure and for diabetes and for you know obesity they're all very similar for those that are uh, at risk for cognitive impairment so as nurses how do we tap into people's already existing strength and their already existing resilience because in the latinx community 
there is a wealth of strength and beauty and resilience that we can tap into in order to promote these things. And so I think that that's um, a really hopeful message to end with too, is that um, this community is resilient and powerful. And so those strengths can all be pulled upon in order to work through the process of individual change and also activating us in order to advocate for more structural change. Um, Jason and Melissa, this has been a fantastic show. Thank you for being here today. It's so exciting to hear about the collaborative work that you're doing, and I look forward to hearing about what is to come. Um, and specifically for your community, how we will be able to improve brain health among the Hispanic community. For more information about any of the resources that Jason shared or his work um, or the Us Against Alzheimer's organization, you can visit their website at usagainstalzheimers.org. And I want to thank each of you for listening to this episode of On The Pulse. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone you know and subscribe through Apple, Stitcher, Google Play or Spotify. Be sure to also check out our On The Pulse blog and Facebook Live series. You can learn more about the Johns Hopkins School of Nursing at nursing.jhu.edu. Thank you again for listening.